we were not just in this plain old theater. It, was, it never felt like it was a plain old play. We were really introducing a whole new world to these people, people who had never met a Jew in their lives. It's an emotional train. You ride that train every night and twice on matinee day. It kind of changed the way that I thought about history and also the world. I had sincerity. I wanted to play this girl that I empathized with and had been murdered by the Nazis. I wanted to play her right. You know, it's just something that I feel like I will probably carry with me for my whole life. I'm Reagan Mulvey. I'm 18 years old. Um, I did The Diary of Anne Frank at the Haywood Arts Regional Theater in Waynesville, North Carolina, and I played Anne Frank. I'm Mia Patronis. I'm 15 years old. I go to Duluth East High School, and I played Anne Frank at the North Shore Theater. My name is Avery Columbus. I am 15 years old, and I'm going into my sophomore year of high school. Um, my school is in Groton, Massachusetts. It's Groton Dunstable Regional School. And I played the role of Anna Frank through the City on a Hill Arts production in Fitchburg, Massachusetts. I am Simone Jolly. I'm 12 and I'm homeschooled and I played Anne Frank. The Educational Theater Association keeps records of the most performed plays in American high schools, and Anne Frank was in the top 10 in the 1960s, the 70s, the 80s, and the first decade of the 21st century. There are more than a dozen movie and TV adaptations. Max von Sydow played Otto Frank. So did Laurence Olivier. The 1997 Broadway revival adapted by Wendy Kesselman, that's the one most schools do these days, starred Natalie Portman when she was 16. Whatever time it is, whenever you're listening to this, somewhere in the world, someone is up on stage telling people that she truly believes, in spite of everything, that people are really good at heart. To bring us up to today and talk about how the Diary of Anne Frank has changed the lives of the people who made it, I thought maybe we wouldn't focus on the past so much, but on the present and the future. Last year and this year, there have been a whole slew of young actors in America who played Anne Frank. I spoke to four of them, and I asked them what playing the role meant to them, and what they think it might mean to them in the future. This is Episode 7, A Multitude of Anne's. After the shows, I hardly ever saw anybody who didn't leave with, like, dry eyes. A lot of the audience members came up and wanted to tell me and some of the other cast members their stories and a lot of people told me how they see themselves in the Frank family and how they see Anne Frank in themselves just because that story was so big that she was just a normal person that lots of people can relate to. That's Simone Jolly from Tacoma, Washington. Her parents are both teachers. She says her family's close, and her dream musical is The Wizard of Oz, and she'd want to be in it with all four of her brothers. Maybe her parents, too. I've never been to Tacoma. Tell me a little bit about 
the Lakewood Playhouse. And what 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 kind of what kind of theater is it? It's a relatively small theater. It's almost a black box theater. It's really close. Everybody there kind of knows each other and everybody's really friendly. But we've been doing shows there, me and my brother have for a few years. What was your brother in the show as well? Yes, he was the understudy for Petar. And he also played one of the Nazis at the very end of the show. What sort of experience was it getting into the character? Well, it it was really hard just becoming her, but I had a lot in common from her from the very start. Like I've I've kept a diary since I was like eight and I fight with my mom a lot the same way that she does. And really what makes her story so terrible is that she was just a normal 12 year old kid. So there wasn't really a lot I needed to get into that character because she was just a completely normal, happy kid that something awful happened to. Going through school, they had always talked about the Holocaust and World War II, and we had learned about numerous stories, but I'd actually never read Anne Frank before I did the show. I knew about her story through other movies that I had seen a little bit, but I didn't know the full depth of who she was until I received the part and I did some further investigation. Avery Columbus goes to high school in Groton, Massachusetts. She performed in the production with a theater company that runs out of a parish church in Fitchburg. Uh, how much experience do you or knowledge did you have of like Jewish history and practice before you did the show? I wasn't fully educated on everything, but I did learn a lot. The actor who played Mr. Dussel in the show was Jewish. And so he spent a lot of time helping us with the prayers, with the songs. He explained the rituals of Hanukkah. And for one of our cast parties, we actually did like traditional Jewish meals. And we really just honored like the whole Jewish culture because of the show. We all just took such like respect to our characters. How difficult was it for you to be on stage playing a part where the character doesn't know what her fate will be, but you, Avery, the actress, knows. I imagine that would be kind of tough to try and keep that out of your mind when you're on stage. For sure. And it was honestly heartbreaking in a sense where, you know, some of the moments where in the show they would get some good news they would get some hope, like hearing it on the radio. And yes, you like in that moment, she's so happy. But you're also me, the actress is thinking like, you know what's coming. And so it's sad in a way to be that sort of happy when you know what's coming. sixth grade um, but as as an 11 year old you know it doesn't really click with you as much and you can't really understand the severity of the situation as much so 
when I read it through that second time again, it made a lot more sense to me. That's Reagan Mulvey. She played Anne Frank in Waynesville, North Carolina. She says it's a pretty conservative town up in the Blue Ridge Mountains. There's one high school in the town, and there were about 200 kids in her class. Like, how deeply ingrained when you're playing that role does it become for you? Is it something like you can just kind of walk away from the next day, or is it kind of Anne going around in your head when you're going to school and when you're having your lunch? She was kind of always with me for the whole run. I remember at a certain point, quite a few of the cast members, including myself, were having these, like, awful nightmares about the Holocaust and about Anne Frank and that kind of stuff. So I feel like that was something we kind of all carried with us. And I would find myself going throughout the day and kind of just like seeing little hints of Anne everywhere. Like it was definitely something I carried with me all the time. When I talked to Reagan, she was on her way to college. Once she's done, she thinks she might want to move to New York to be a professional actor. Do you feel that playing that part changed you in any way? I do, for sure, yeah. You know, I feel like in a way that show really helped me mature. I was 17 when I did the show. I hadn't really done any heavy roles like that. It was always just kind of your hunky-dory musical theater stuff for me. So that was definitely something that changed me artistically. And, you know, as a person, I carry that around with me. I just have a greater knowledge of Anne Frank and her situation. And, you know, it's just something that I feel like I will probably carry with me for my whole life. She felt almost as if she lived like a double life almost. She described it as sort of like a mask that she had around people that she just felt like inside she was a completely different person than what she was showing to people. So she wrote that in a really, a really great way. That's Mia Patronus. She played Anne Frank just this past spring in Duluth, Minnesota. She told me she always wanted to be a teacher, but after she did the play, she started to think that maybe when she grows up, she'll be a writer, too. The way that she wrote about how much writing meant to her, it really made me sort of think about that and how it's influenced my life. And so I think that would just be an incredible job to be like a journalist or something. I don't know. Or a teacher. I've always wanted to be a teacher. What did you learn from the experience? What did playing Anne Frank teach you that is something that you'll bring once you, now that you're out of the show? I mean, there's the quote from Anne that was, in spite of everything, I believe that everyone's good at heart. And that is just so thought provoking because, I mean, what they were dealing with was what I believe to be like truly evil like evil people and to know that she was able to sort of think that I mean as they're human beings that they're truly good at heart is just I don't know it it's something that I think about a lot and something I will continue to think about a lot and just sort of being more optimistic and more understanding of other people, I think, is something that right now I think will stick with me for a while. But 
I don't know. I think in many years I'll be able to sort of understand what the role meant to me a lot more than I can right now. You know, here we are, finishing our seventh episode of this podcast, and there's one thing we really haven't talked about. After The Diary of Anne Frank premiered on Broadway in 1955, it won just about every award for best play out there. That means it beat out plays like Cat on a Hot Tin Roof by Tennessee Williams, A View from the Bridge by Arthur Miller, and Inherit the Wind. Was Anne Frank better than those plays? The movie was nominated for eight Academy Awards and won two of them. Does it still hold up? When I was in high school in Evanston, Illinois, there was a production of The Diary of Anne Frank. I still think about it a lot. Kids I was friends with hiding out in an annex, wearing yellow stars. I'm still friends with those kids today. Those memories inspired my most recent novel, Cyclorama. Was it a good production? Was it still a great play? Is it still great today? We haven't talked about that, and there's a reason we haven't. And that's because, well, in some way, it almost doesn't really matter anymore. There have been plenty of critics, some Jewish, some not, and they've said that the play is too sentimental. It downplays the Jewishness of the characters. It was calculated to appeal to non-Jewish audiences. It made Anne Frank into more of a Christian heroine than a Jewish one. I'm, I'm not going to argue with any of that, but what people forget when they make those criticisms is that never mind how good a play was, whatever that means, you can't really argue with how important it was. The play... The Diary of Anne Frank, that's how most people at the time first heard and learned about the Holocaust. It changed people's lives, their perspectives, just like it did for the people in the show. And if it did that, if Anne Frank made the people who saw it, the people who made it, change their perspectives, develop a little more empathy, if nearly 70 years later it still opens the eyes of the young people who act in this play, isn't that exactly what we want art to do? When I finished up talking to each of these kids, I asked them if they could read a little bit from the play, just to get a sense of how the show affected them and how it can affect us, listening to the voices of these young actors. Here they are, Reagan Mulvey, Avery Columbus, Simone Jolly, and Mia Petronas. It's a silence that frightens me most. Each time I hear a creak in the house, a step on the street, I'm sure they're coming for us. I wander from room to room, feeling like a songbird whose wings have been ripped off and keeps hurling itself against the bars of its cage. Maybe one day I could even publish a novel, The Secret Annex, based on my diary. Unless you write yourself, you can't know how wonderful it is. When I write, I shake off all my cares. But I want to achieve more than that. I want to be useful and bring enjoyment to all people, even those I've never met. I want to go on living even after my death. I feel spring within me. I, I feel spring awakening. I feel it with my entire body and soul. I'm utterly confused. I don't know what to read, to write, to do. All I know is I am longing 
It's a wonder I haven't abandoned all my ideals. They seem so absurd and impractical, yet I cling to them because I believe in spite of everything, people are truly good at heart. You've been listening to Playing Anne Frank. I'm Adam Langer. I'm the executive editor of The Forward. I wrote and created this podcast. It was produced and engineered by Cole Ocasio. Our associate producer is Scylla Shaman. She composed the original score, which features Anat Cohen on clarinet. Playing Anne Frank is a production of The Forward. Our editor-in-chief is Jody Redoran, and our CEO is Rachel fishman Federson. Playing Anne Frank is made possible in part by funding from Canvas, the Cy Sims Foundation, and Barbara Streisand. Our consulting producers are Julianne Hausler, Doug Matica, and Jerome Kramer. Additional editing and research by Samuel Breslow, Irene Katz-Connolly, Mira Fox, PJ Grissar, Beth Harpaz, and Matt Littman. The Forward's VP of Development is Lisa Lepson. Our grants manager is Jason Mandel. Our digital innovation director is Jacqueline DeBonis. Designed by Anya Ulinich and Angeli Zaslavsky. Special thanks to Stephanie Abu, Marie Kuhlman, Elizabeth Ellis, Jay Ehrlich, Whit Lacasio, Daniel Liddell, Charlie Meyerson, Lauren Allerhead, Dahlia Shaman, Solvay Zisnich, and to Lauren Passell of Tink Media and Talia Zaks. The Forward Association is a 501c3 nonprofit organization founded in 1897.